yeah, we can. Uh, so it's uh, we're taking a time machine back to 1989, a year that we've visited many times before. Uh, and uh, you know what I was doing in 1989? Well, uh, listening to Paula Abdul's Opposites Attract, uh, the video was dope because it had a cartoon cat, MC Scat Cat, in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would think about that every time I was in the backseat of my parents' uh, navy blue Nissan Stanza, and they were up front squabbling, as moms and dads usually do. And I was like, it's like my mom and dad are Paul Abdul and MC Scat Cat. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, right? guess what? It's Gabe Pacheco, uh, and we're here for another uh, edition of Eat, Pray, Judge, and as always, on mic two. Sammy Hamarne. That's right. And uh, in studio today, we've got a, spe- a special guest, Mr. Andre Thompson, NBC stand-up award winner, uh, killer comedian, friend of the pod. And, You're... you know, you've been a guest on Funhouse Comedy, too, and yeah, killed it. Right. Yeah, Look at that show, from fucking when he was back at a Pea Candy store. Yeah, man. Oh, you've been, so you've been with us yeah, on, a, yeah. on our journey. I done Pea Candy store one probably like two, two times, maybe? Yeah. I think two times at Pete Candy store joint, and then you moved to Funhouse. Uh, yeah, at Cantina Royal Cantina, now, yeah, which yeah. is yeah, which is still in Williamsburg for anybody that wants to come check us out. Fire show. <laughs> for real, stop playing. <laughs> and uh, we, we brought you on uh, the show today to talk about the movie Harlem Nights, which you chose yeah. uh, for us to see. And I'm, I was thrilled that you uh, brought that up in the, in the Facebook Messenger because I'd never seen it before, so it gave me an opportunity to to dig through the, the crates. That's how I found it, because clearly I, I didn't. I wasn't, I wasn't even born in 1980-nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was born in 92, so I had no reason to even find it. It's just that once I found like comedy and I got the interest of comedy, then I started like, whatever came up in the research, Yeah, I was watching it. That's you know right. I mean? like, that's, that's the only reason I found it. Oh, so when was your first time uh, sort of experiencing this film then? Shit, I was probably... I was like in junior high, like junior high school. Yeah. Young. Yeah, yeah probably like eighth grade or something. Uh-huh. And was you... this your first Eddie film? No. My first Eddie was uh, Coming to America. Yeah. Coming to America was like, that was the first Eddie Murphy. Th- this shit is, I know who this is. I know why I'm watching it. I know the whole purpose behind it. I know he's <laughs> a stand-up. That was the first time I'm like, oh, this is Eddie fucking Murphy. Yeah. Before, when I saw Harlem Nights, I was just like, these are all the famous people. You know what I mean? I don't know individually the, the stories and the stand-ups but behind the, each person, but I just knew this is like a big fucking cast. It's a popular movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, man? When was the first time you saw this? I've never seen Harlem Nights before. I wasn't, I wasn't actually allowed to see it when it came out. Um, oh, yeah, because my dad said, and we, he let me watch a lot of different stuff, but he's like, there's going to be too much cursing. In this one. And that, that was literally what he said. Um, That's a fair assessment. Oh, absolutely. Because you and see then, Red Fox and Richard Pryor in the same was, thing. Exactly. And Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy. Three all three of them. Three kids were cursing. So, yep. like, so he was like, that's, that's one that I can't, I can't sign off on. Um, and yeah, I, this is the first time. I, I, I'm surprised that I'd never seen it later on in life. Yeah. But it wasn't like well-received. So it was like kind of tough. Like it it kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah, um, well. Yeah, when it came out, it had really it had bad reviews. Yeah, <laughs> when it came well, out, doesn't every? Almost, it seems like uh, a lot of movies get bad reviews from the the critics, but the audience mostly loves a lot of movies. Yeah, 
here, so uh, I, I never even paid attention to the critics. Show. I just look what the audience reviews say. I think that, like, because I'm old enough to have seen it when it came out, and I think that that's one reason that maybe I didn't. And I knew Eddie mm. because I knew Eddie from uh, well, because like you'd watch uh, Ron Delirious as a little like I mean, if you had lax parents, yeah, if you yeah, had yeah. opposites attract parents who were <laughs> too, too busy with other shit, then you could watch these Ron Delirious, and it was like mind-blowing to hear this young dude cursing and eddie was as a comic was also a really young person so he was like 23 24 doing these and so really as a kid you identified with it and that's what i knew eddie from and then one time uh his first films were also crazy and uh like blockbuster hits yeah so um i remember i was on an airplane going out to california to visit my grandma i was like unattended on the airplane like super little and this was back when like the pilot would come and give kids like a like a little uh penance uh what is it like little wing Mm -hmm. little wings and then there there are still cigarette uh ashtrays on the the planes i mean they didn't let you do that anymore but they still had them from like back in the day which was again older model shit so and they had one movie that they would play on the screens and it was uh beverly hills cop so I'm like three, four years old on the airplane watching Beverly Hills Cop, and I like get off the plane and Still start see that one. swaggering around, and I'm like, That's "What crazy. up, Grandma? It's me, Axel Foley, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were like, "Whoa, you're banned from watching any Murphy movies." <laughs> so I mean, you said it's crazy that I didn't see it. It's not because like I haven't tried. For some reason, yeah, there's two movies I cannot find the first one of. The forty-eight, the first forty-eight hours. Wow! And the first Beverly Hills Cop. You have not seen either of those two no, movies. I keep seeing the second. I keep seeing the oh, sequels. Oh man! That's the only movie that I can find. That's everywhere. sad. Yeah, I, that's streaming or like on cable. <laughs> See, that should have been sequels are streaming all across the globe. Uh, the originals can't get them busy. That's crazy to me. Yeah, forty-eight hours is the first buddy cop movie. Without that movie, there'd be no Lethal Weapon. It's like it's the first like black and white uh, cop like. Uh, sort of like rate yeah. racial tension, but like we're still doing we're it. Still doing it. Yeah, I, I want it. Like, <laughs> you need to see that one now that you've seen Harlem Nights. I feel like that's not <laughs> my order of movie is wrong. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, I'll be. I mean, I think I first saw Eddie Murphy as a kid watching Saturday Night Live because Gabe and I were the same age, and uh, so I remember eighty was it eighty three, eighty four that he came out, and he was nineteen as a cast member. And it wasn't even that he was a cast member. He basically just dominated that show. I mean, he was like the LeBron James of of, of uh, uh, SNL. Comedy. Yeah, basically. I mean, because before that, you, SNL was a bunch of um, equal players where you, you'd be like, I like, I like, uh, you know, Bill Murray. I like Chevy Chase, mm-hmm. Gilda Radner. They're all great. You know, Dan Aykroyd. They're all great. And then Eddie came out, and it was like, oh, he's in every sketch. Yeah, they, and he had a like. A throwaway line, I think, where he's like, "Hey, welcome to the Eddie Murphy show," oh, shit. and like the rest of the cast hated that because it was like so arrogant oh, for him shit. to say, but obviously true. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I didn't so. see Eddie Murphy on SNL until fuck like year six of comedy. Really, <laughs> I, ain't, I just didn't see none of that shit. I didn't get to see it, so yeah. I had to go to the YouTube crates. Yeah, you got to dig through. I mean, God bless YouTube. Now you can watch. You can watch everything. You can go back in time. Oh, definitely. If it wasn't for YouTube. There was a bunch of shit I would not see. Yeah, there's one definitive. It's called like the best of Eddie Murphy Saturday Night Live is is the one you need that's to see. That's the exact like one. Literally yeah. an hour long, and it's got every. That's the it's exact got the, one. the best ones that I've ever seen. I mean, that was, it, it was obviously his show for a reason because he was yeah. definitely the most talented. Even when he came back to host like a couple of weeks ago, you could tell that that's like his element as far <laughs> as like a, a performer. Like he's great at stand up, but yeah. he's also perfect. 
for an a acting, sketch comedy. Yeah, show. he's. I mean, he dom. He again, like he ran every sketch. Shit, like he was the he funniest. Did like a piece. Chappelle thing and had his own the Eddie Murphy a, show, a legitimate just yeah. Eddie Murphy show. He went that route instead of the blockbuster only. I'm su- I'm surprised that he <laughs> didn't do that. It would have been fucking crazy. I think he blew up too fast. Like he blew up too big because mm. as soon as I think after SNL, 48 Hours, I think it was roughly around the same time, like 84. And that movie kind of shot him in the stratosphere. So at one point, this guy had like number one record. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. My girl wants to party all the time. <laughs> number one comedy album, number one movie at the same time. I and mean, oh, he was like shit. the biggest star in Hollywood. I think like mid eighties. Yeah, like that's then, the thing I knew I didn't understand the, the yeah. fucking the the mania of Eddie. Yes, I knew I didn't get it because just because of age. Right. There's a mania to this. I didn't know that song was number one. Number one. To Rick, me, I grew up when that song was a punchline. Oh yeah. Right, to, right. Uh, to my age, you grew up. That shit is funny. And he's also like the end of an era because after Eddie, I think of things taking uh, like a hip hop aesthetic. Yeah. And he's like, he feels like he his peers are like Rick James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's super, every, the music I associate around Eddie is like funk yeah. and like Stevie Wonder. That's and, true, uh, I that. So he's like, but he was this peak where his peers were Madonna and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Like that was his, his he peers weren't like. He was famous when it was real. <laughs> like famous was something serious. Yeah, yeah. like he was like Jay Z level famous at twenty three, uh, when there was not, uh, before in Living Color, before when there was only like there was only one black superstar at a time <laughs> in comedy. It's true. And so that's why when you watch uh, like you brought up Harlem Nights, it's like those are his, uh, for Richard Pryor and Red Fox. Yeah, yeah, his like, like his, their DNA. Yeah, he's like their grand. He's like Red Fox's grandson. Yeah, in some ways. like they spawned each each other, further yeah. generation. But at that point, not even was there not another black comedian that was in that same realm. There was not any comedian that was in that same realm. There was no nobody on the planet. You couldn't even name other stand-ups from that era. Well, like he was like the he was like the coolest. He was the rock star, the first rock star stand-up. Right, he's rocking leather pants. Yep. He's yeah. wearing that yeah. Michael Jackson sexy. shit. But his peers yeah, are had a shirt open, chains, yeah, exactly. Had a bend, <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. It's no like, jokes about how girls hate him. He's talking about how to fuck right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got to get your hips into it. That's you so true. Got to use your hips. Yeah, he blew up. So there was no ability for him to be like modest, <laughs> you know, funny. and humble. Yeah, I'd true. say he was the first arrogant comedian yeah. as well. You know, there's no like take my wife please uh, energy. No, He's no, like, I'm no. gonna take your wife. <laughs> yeah, no self deprecation. Me taking that bitch. <laughs> well, I guess wasn't wasn't uh, what's his name Andrew the Andrew the other Brooklyn guy Andrew, Andrew Dice Clay, Clay wasn't around the same time, but like kind of and like he almost modeled himself a little bit after off of like Delirious and Raw with like the leather suit. But yeah. just a very different... Uh, but I'd say... Uh, yeah, exactly. Dice Clay <laughs> got big in like 88, 89. Right. Whereas uh, Murphy's like 84, 85. Right. So mm. he's way... I mean, that's like light years pop culture difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much shit can happen in a couple months. <laughs> exactly. So in years, you are talking about some serious distance. Yes, yeah. Especially now, though. I mean, now things are even faster. Weekly. Weekly, exactly. You're like, did you see that special? It was mind blowing. And then another special comes out and makes whatever you saw a week ago irrelevant. I mean, now you don't have to be talented to be famous anymore. And (laughs) that fucking pisses me off. My brain don't know how to handle it. But one of the things I I was talking to Nori Davis once, and he was saying how he was describing like how he's looking at his stand up, 
and essentially he's like, uh, I think he called it like Thanksgiving dinner because you can eat multiple times. Yeah. Multiple people could feed off of it. It lasts for a couple of days after. There's seconds, there's thirds, there's leftovers. <laughs> and he's like, the people that just come in and phew, it's hot pocket food or some shit. Yeah. I forgot the analogy, oh, but yeah, he yeah. used like a quick meal. Like only two bites is off of this. You're only going to get two bites. That's it. But yeah. what I'm trying to create is a fucking a spread Thanksgiving dinner. And I was like, that's fuck, that's perfect. That's that shit make me not be like yeah. fuck everybody on Because <laughs> it's annoying. Oh man, shout out to Nori Davis, man. He's got some of the best albums out there. Hell and he's yeah. just such a great live performer to watch Hell too. Yeah. And but his I, and his food does feed you. You know, his jokes are food for thought. Yeah, it's like real comedy. People that's like really trying to do some shit. And versus they they go outside, go viral by licking some lamppost, and then <laughs> they drop a song, and all of a sudden now they're the lamppost rap, yeah. and it's like, all right, no, no, he's on Ellen. You know, lamppost always been in my life. I hate them types of people. So fuck them. But the good news is those people fizzle out fast. I think. Hopefully. Um, you are still dealing with repercussions of a lot of idiots right now. Yeah, the Cash Me Outside girl just, that just little dropped bitch another, is still running around another single. <laughs> she will not go away. It's true. It's like you're trying to get a pest removed, but that roach is just like, nigga, bring something strong. Like, <laughs> well, you know that uh, you know that little Nas X song is like was a joke. Like he, yeah. he you know, and he, was, he wasn't really a joke. It had to be. Yeah, he was fucking around with some SoundCloud bullshit. It was some SoundCloud bullshit that even a guy. He got the song, the beat for like, like a couple bucks, literal, not right. like hundreds or fifty dollars either. I mean, five, six dollars or something. Got the song. Oh, for the guitar, like the honky tonk guitar. The, riff? Yeah, yeah, yeah was, of course. It was, he was doing. He was a Twitter kid. Yeah, he had a whole little Twitter profile, and he was a Twitter dude. And then not a around, rapper made a song. No. <laughs> Shit blew up, and he was like, "All right, I guess I'm famous now." And then just did it. <laughs> I remember my buddy from Memphis sent me that clip, like when it came out on, on Instagram. He just sent me the DM me the video, and I was like, "Yo, please don't send this shit to me anymore." I was like, "What am What am I looking at here, it's dude?" It's true, but goddamn, that shit fire when Billy Ray jumped on it. It's crazy, and it was the number one song in the country for the whole year, right? Right. I'm telling it, you, when Billy Ray jumped on that, launched a career. I know that whole shit word for word. <laughs> Billy, Ray, no, Billy Ray Cyrus verse, word for word. I, I forgot that he was even on that. Was that the remix? Or was that yes, the original? That's, no, that's, no, 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 that's the remix. That's when he P. Diddy that shit. He brought that. <laughs> that's, when, that's when Billy Ray. When Billy raised your back. P. Diddy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That shit fire, though. You got that Maserati on Rodeo. <laughs> God, I have to listen to it now. That shit hard. Can't, I can't lie. Yeah, man. And that's your end to get Miley in there, too. Like, once you get the dad in. He hey, can. if she can if she can make it pop, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I was just saying this the other day, like uh, I was chilling with somebody and they heard me listening to something, and it was like I would never expect you to listen to it. And I get it, but I go by a rule like whatever it is, I'll give it a shot. If it's dope, it sticks. But that saying that the person said to you, that's some closed mind. Closed mind. Like, why shit. would you not like like you're, you're, you're just, why are you pigeonholing me? Like, what? I wouldn't expect you to do but that. But to, to, to be fair, I was listening to some weirdly freaky shit. Party all the time. <laughs> I'm not even I think you have to tell us what that is the now. Song, the song <laughs> is called, uh, I think, Fuck Me Peaches or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's some song for like, 
I think it's like women empowerment, but the beat is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what you calling me, calling me all the time? And I'm just like, yo, this shit bump, bro. Yeah, I've had several girlfriends listening to that. You know what oh, I'm so about? you know what it is. That's a very empowering song. And yes. the, it's the, the beat is just so hard. And I'm like, I can't act like this trash. <laughs> if I say this is trash, I'm being dishonest. You're I got to be honest. You're this lying shit yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can't you lie can, to myself. You man. can bump that in the club. I can't. What's it exactly. called? Fuck me peaches? Something like that. I'll, I'll figure it out. But yeah. That shit is just like, if you say to yourself, it's not hard, you're just lying now. You're not being honest. You know, you got you to gotta find inspiration uh, wherever it is. So, so this so. movie came out in 89, right? Yeah. Was this the height of Eddie Murphy's power in Hollywood, do you think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this was uh, probably his peak and maybe um, starting, starting his downfall. His downfall. <laughs> a little Be- bit. Because uh, his ascent would have been SNL and being on everybody's TV every Saturday night. Right. Followed by his two concert albums. Well, also, and uh, 48 Hours, which was a um, blockbuster action film. Right. Beverly Hills Cop, another blockbuster action film. Beverly Hills Cop init- originally was for uh, Sylvester Stallone, and then he turned it down to make Cobra. Uh, well, co- I think the DNA for both Beverly Hills Cop and Cobra is in the first script. This, this is like a myth, but that uh, those two uh, films became radically different because once Eddie got attached to the Beverly Hills Cop script, they made it much more funny. Wait, so Sylvester Stallone was supposed to be in Beverly Hills Cop? Yes. Hmm. But it wasn't called that at first. That would have been a, a much at- different and not... Yeah. That would have been bad. But that this is like where they were in terms of being right. star power. Both these guys were like the the gets, yeah. like the equivalent of today is Tom Cruise. Yeah. And then uh and then so what is that? Like that's like 85, 86. This came out in 89. He'd been making hits the whole time. And Coming to America was like a movie that my parents you could sit down and watch with the whole family. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a year prior to this one, right? 1988. Yes. And him and Arsenio were like this great tag team yeah. in that, which was Coming fantastic. To Kill. Yeah, fucking let him. This is the last movie, uh, oddly enough, that they made together. Oh, oh, you forgot uh, Boomerang too. Boomerang, yeah, it was right around the, the same time. Uh, that's like maybe ninety. Right, I shut up. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a human timeline. <laughs> ah, fuck, I'm wrong. <laughs> no, 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 but you're not. But that's a good movie too. Yeah, uh, that was. I think he just stopped making movies that the whole world came out to see. Right. Uh, around this moment yep. and this is an incredible movie on paper though because harlem nights uh written by eddie murphy mm-hmm. directed by right. eddie murphy starring eddie murphy with a hollywood blockbuster budget mm-hmm. starring cast entirely of um All black black superstars superstars yes. who but but even though they're superstars they're not um mainstream bankable like the white executive oh, yeah, white, yeah, is not yeah. like, oh hell yeah, we're yeah, gonna make a movie American with all movie. these, you know what I mean? So the the fact that he was able to put this to make this movie happen is is mind blowing. Yeah, you know, it's like the the al- If this was an album cover, it would be like Wu Tang uh, reunited. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the what is it the the one that they made like. With everyone the 30, on the cover, yeah, thirty six, thirty six. Uh, the their their oh, second the album. One. Oh, a triumph. Yeah, oh. right. Something. Yeah, 
You know what it is. We don't need to explain it. <laughs> Google it. The second double album that came out in my senior year of high school. <laughs> the double album. Yeah. Totally. Um, Wu Tang yeah, Forever. That's what it was called. Yeah, Wu Tang. Okay. Th- yeah. There we this go. is this is this is the Wu Tang Forever of uh, of black comedy movies. Yeah. It was like uh, what was that movie with Marlon Brando and Ed Norton and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino? It was like the score. Sure. It was kind of like that, and they're both oh, like, like equally. Yeah, there you go. Or even that's a better reference. <laughs> uh, but also, sadly, uh, R.I.P. to everybody in this movie <laughs> except for Eddie Murphy. Nah, They're... it's not even sad. Them niggas was old when they made it. <laughs> this was a that's amazing, actually. Everybody was sixty three when this movie came out, and these niggas continued living another thirty years. Yeah, it's that is true. They, they all died in like twenty seventeen. Ain't nobody in that bitch young. Just Eddie. <laughs> no, Charlie Murphy was kind of young. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that was. But most of that cast, oh, Della Reese, Red Fox, yep. Richard. Well, Pryor. Red Red Fox is on his way out for sure. He was uh, sixty seven when this movie came out. He was. He, he looked, looked old. He looks like ninety. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Della yeah. Reese was old. Della Reese. She she lived until like uh, two thousand seven. 17. And 17, yeah. yeah. Charlie Murphy, Della Reese, and somebody else 2017 all died of heart attacks. Danny Aiello. Danny Aiello is dead? Yeah. Shit, really? And uh, Robin Harris. Oh, yeah, Bebe's kids. Yeah. He died a while died back, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he was actually very funny. He was supposed to take over Def Jam. A whole bunch of stuff was happening. He was taking uh, the, com- the Def Jam comedy or Def Jam the, the label? No, 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 the comedy. Oh, okay. He was supposed to, he was supposed to host the show. After yeah. Martin and left? He, no, before, before Martin. He was supposed to be the guy, and I think that's when Martin got it. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know Robin Harris, he is uh, he is the the probably the best MC. He was in um, is it? It's not class act. Or the, you know the you know kid and play the what's the first kid House, house party. party? Yes, he was He's, a dad. He was a uh, he was the dad in House he was Party. Somebody's fucking dad. Kid? Uh, I think he was kid. Kid's dad. And yeah. he's also, uh, he was like a Spike Lee. He'd have cameos in Spike Lee. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. I mean, Bebe's Kids, the cartoon. Like, he, 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 yeah, yeah, he did a lot of stuff. Oh, and shit, he died yeah. of like sleep apnea Ugh. or something. Died. No Everybody's just dying of burgers, man. That's <laughs> 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 really all this shit come down to. Niggas need to stop eating burgers so much and take a lap. <laughs> we'll be around, man. Them arteries, man. That shit tastes good. I understand. <laughs> I feel oh. like apnea is like code for like you snore and you and you're fat. That's what it is. I mean, it really is. Is your your lungs not having the space to lung? Your lungs <laughs> don't have space to be what it's backwards to be. lung. That's right. Your lungs fall asleep at night. Um, <laughs> every night your lungs is like fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Murphy actually produced after working with Della Reese and uh, Red Fox on this. He produced a, a, like a, a short-lived sitcom mm. with them just busting each other's balls for like six that. episodes. I was doing a little, <laughs> a little what, research on this, this one. Uh, the name of the, the the sitcom escapes me, but that's wild. I don't even think they named it. It, it, it lasted like three episodes. That's dope. He said uh, Eddie said that um you know the jokes happening uh, offset yeah. when the camera wasn't on were it was like the best. A hundred times funnier than anything that was happening in the movie. Unfiltered, <laughs> and you know they dirty. Yeah, you know they dirty. Ain't no, they have all. It was all fucking nasty show comics. Yeah. The, it was all nasty show That's comics. True. None of them were like buttoned up people. They were all like we grind like raw. Comedians. Oh wow! So One you season know when that shit, the cameras are off. Yep, the they show was letting it fly. The show was called The Royal Family with Della Reese. Uh, and and uh, Red Fox, Red Fox's triumphant return to television after Sanford and Sons, as a as a married couple, their son was Lawrence Tate, Lorenz Tate, 
Oh, hell yeah. For Menace and uh, a lot of other stuff. Now he's in power. Sure. Uh, At Red Fox, man, he already had a huge career on sitcoms before this. Yes, Dead Dead Presidents. Dead Presidents. Dead Presidents. That's right. Menace. Yeah, and uh, I was uh, thinking that, uh, yeah, so Red Fox, already huge, and people loved him from his his records. He'd make those party records. Yep. Kind of like Dolomite. Yeah. And uh, and you'd play the Red Fox records where you do, you know, just dirty, dirty street jokes. That shit is so dope. How how does that get to come back? How do we you make have that to make happen? it come back? I was like, how? You got to make a dirty street joke podcasts. A dirty street joke podcast. And it has yeah. to have like a little music. That shit that they did, bro, it was different. Right, right. It was fucking different. <laughs> and you could just layer a walking baseline, you know, and I'm using garage is tools. Because, <laughs> is it because of what it was? That was so dope that made people come together for it, or is because of also the time where people did not have other options. I feel like it was probably a combination of those two things. Also, you know what? You know who loves cursing? Young kids. So I listened to records that would have cursing uh, just to listen to them, like in the eighties. Uh, I remember when NWA came out and Appetite for Destruction came out. I listened to it. and I was like, "This is amazing. This is great." <laughs> this is the best saying thing all ever. the words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I word, just want. I need to hear somebody yeah. say all the words. Oh shit! And it's like you you put that on. Like I mean, Red Fox. I mean, his comedy to me was way way before my time. So like mm. Eddie Murphy, I was more you know the contemporaries for me were even after Eddie because I was like a kid when Eddie came yeah. out. But I loved SNL, so I watched him there. Then I watched when I was able to Delirious and Raw, which were great. But I came out, came up mostly with, I would say, in like high school, Chris Rock's first special, yeah. Killing Him Softly, and then you know, like people like Bill Burr who came out the generation directly after that were influenced by these guys. Yeah. But Richard Pryor, I heard in like junior high school. We had my friend had a couple of different records. That's exactly the same for me. Yeah. And the time is so different because I don't. I just I don't know if there was like Kevin Hart. I remember Kevin Hart being the guy. Um, He's so positive. Yeah, so it was just different. There was like certain people that you had to see. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you, there was no other, you had to find them. I had to see the Chris Rock shit. I had to see the Dave Chappelle right. stuff. I don't know who was like. So that was like a kind of a little bit behind me because you were born in 92. Yeah. Those specials came out when I was in, I think I was in high school, 96, 97. Yeah, right around that time. So I guess that was, yeah, Kevin Hart is the next generation's version of that. But yeah. these guys are still coming out with stuff, but yeah. it's just a little bit different. They're not quite the live the performers time. that Kevin Hart is. I mean, that dude's... That is true. He is... Uh, he's kind of a... He's a force. Who else? Who else that... I mean, right now, you could say, like, Sebastian Mascalco, but I was trying to think of somebody around the same time. You know yeah. what I mean? I was trying to think of the same time, but because they don't overlap, Sebastian and Kev. They're, they're blowing up time. They didn't overlap at all. Cat Williams. Cat Cat would fucking run the whole stage. And what happened? He just went crazy, huh? Yo, he's still out there, man. Is he? Yeah, yeah he's still out there making specials and performing, and uh, I, I, I can't get enough. Anytime uh, I, I need to uh, motivate myself to go to the gym or do, <laughs> or do bigger act-outs or get bold, I watch a Cat Yo. special. Uh, Pimp Chronicles, and then I just watch him run from one end of the stage to the next and like slide on his knees, and yeah, I'm like, okay, I can do a, a little cat. bit more. He'll fucking... Be an animal. Like, he fucking do it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Commit 100% commitment to Eddie, the bit. Eddie Griffin was also kind of on the, on the tail. That, that, I think those two dudes Griffin, were kind of yeah. the same uh, same time Christmas period. Hell, hell yeah. 
Shit, influential, man. and then he went. You know uh, what is? Uh, he just con- dropped another. Martin he did. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think like Showtime. Martin Lawrence is a hometown dude. So is Chappelle, technically for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I find glaringly um, apparent are the comedians that are absent <clears throat> from Harlem Nights. Who do you want to talk about, Gabe? Well, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, I was thinking, where is Sinbad? <laughs> Sinbad should be in this movie. Sinbad was way too colorful for this movie. They oh, didn't have. Pink and pastel colored <laughs> fucking suits in 1920s Harlem. I mean, I Looking feel like a, I think I think we could have had a. W- that's what this movie was missing: Sinbad's a crazy flamboyant <laughs> Sinbad as Who the villain. Roger Rabbit. <laughs> that would have been. That would have been the look. The crazy things I read in an interview: Eddie Murphy was supposed to, supposed be, to be Bob Hoskins' guy. character in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and he turned it down because he was doing Beverly Hills Cop instead. And he's like, every time I see that movie, I get pissed. And it's like, why? You have another right. massive beast. He's like, he's like, the only thing that took the sting off was the fact that I made it a great movie yeah. instead of it. But he was like, he's like, what are you talking about? Cartoons? Live people? Like, no, no thanks. Yeah. And, and I think he'd fit really well with cartoons like that, like a yeah. live action cartoon thing. Because he's very, Eddie Murphy's very Bugs Bunny to me. He's very animated. Also, man, that guy can fit into any sort of act. Like, he can do whatever when it comes to comedic acting, I think, range wise. So- uh, so Sinbad, I wish he was in this. Uh-huh. Uh, Kadeem uh, Hardison, Dwayne Wayne, would have been another guy. Ah, Dwayne Wade. They you wanted know. to cover uh, cover the rest of a different world cast. Yeah, well, because Jasmine Guy is in this. She's alive, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, had to, I had to I had to Google that one because Gabe was like, "They're all fucking dead, dude." <laughs> Yeah. And then I looked on. Uh, she's still breathing. She's still breathing. I checked. I was like, I was like, dead. Yeah. I, I was, was like, like, what's the Harlem Night Curse? Yeah. Are they all <laughs> dead. I also thought. I also looking at all these old actors, like kind of doing their last really great roles, their swan songs. I was like, oh, this is like the Black Irishman. Mm-mm. You know, <laughs> you know, like having uh, having yeah. an old prior and an old um, fox in this. Yeah. Is like is like Pacino and De Niro one last time, baby. I got to see the Irishman. Sure. Well, you know, Set give yourself a 3 weekend. hours. Uh, That's why I've been postponing it yeah. because every time I bring up the name, people are like, yeah. Niggas take their hats off. <laughs> <laughs> you say Irishman, people start undressing, bro. <laughs> Yeah, they man. get hot instantly. <laughs> no, dude, you need a diaper for that movie and like two <laughs> or three Gatorades because you're gonna lose fluids watching it. Just like I mean, de- at least you need a joints. Cliff Bar. <laughs> yeah, a couple joints. It's so long. Some. A gummy. <laughs> a gummy. <laughs> and the last part of it is is the one that you know takes forever. I'm gonna try to watch it in chunks. Maybe like pause it. Uh huh. Fucking an hour, an hour a day. There's this whole uh, this dude online posted that it should have been a miniseries and told you exactly where to start and stop it so it would Float. work like a three piece yeah. miniseries. But Martin Scorsese is old. Yeah, and he got really mad at that. He's like, you shouldn't watch it like that. Watch sure. it how I, watch it how God intended it. You know what that reminds me of is how uh, the MTA, you know, the G train is super short, but the platform is very long. Mm. Uh, they had uh, this these uh, graffiti guys who came down and they posted uh, signs that look legit saying G train stops here and uh the MTA got really upset that they they told people exactly where to stand cuz like it would be super irritating if you get down on the platform oh, yeah, and you're you like oh the run. train's coming and then the train blows past you and you're like fuck i got to run like a whole city block yeah, underground yeah, yeah. to catch this thing yeah. so but the MTA was like upset that uh they were <laughs> they were they telling felt people stupid that's why right that's what it is yeah and this reminds me, like, Scorsese's being a little bit like the MTA right now, being like... You feel stupid. It's just, it's just an old person that's just like, 
<laughs> there's in, it's an internal thing when they go, fuck, I know I should have thought of that, but I can't <laughs> let you know that I know that you know I should have thought about that, so fuck you for thinking it. Right. Man. And they'd be like, no, it was wrong. It's true, because he's also not, I mean, he did Boardwalk Empire, so he knows how to break he knows shit how up. To do shit up. They, they know. He, <laughs> yeah. The fucking MTA people are like, they god know. damn, I should have just told everybody the train stuff. It's a short <laughs> train. Why would I not tell you it's a tiny train? Right. Just like paint a red line exactly where you need to stand on the this platform to make sure you get it. Or nothing. Right. They're just mad that they're dumb. <laughs> right, right, right. Or like the trains always stop in exactly the same spot. So you could, you know where to stand to, to stand right in front of the opening door. Mm-hmm. And, but they would never just put uh, like little lines just there. Yeah. Just come on. When was this? Look at Europe. <laughs> yeah. Like, tell me nobody in the MTA CEO office got the internet. Nigga, look at Europe. I Just want look how they do the trains and every, try it out. Yeah, every mayor and every uh, public official for our city should have to spend like a week in Not a functioning Europe. city. Now, the, the MTA head was a British dude. Uh, he's a dickhead. Yeah, he doesn't know what he... I mean, he... That's probably why they kicked his ass out of Britain. It was like, send your stupid train managing ass to America with that bullshit. Yeah, you got demoted. And then he fits in right here. He's like, he probably started off in Japan. Like, Japan is the top of the line train. Sure. And you get demoted each time. America's the last stop. Take your stupid ass to the C train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, oh, yeah. And you know who else? Uh, uh, Bill Cosby. You know, <clears throat> right. At this oh, moment. At this moment in time, 89, he was like at the top of his game too. Oh, that's true. The Cosby Show was America's number one sitcom. Oh, shit. And uh, he had some beef with Eddie because his his uh, specials were so raunchy, and and Bill Cosby was a, a G rated squeaky clean comedian at this moment in time. Uh, but in they, public, that's right. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and he's browbeating everyone, telling yeah. them to pull their pants up. Damn, Cosby, say fuck. <laughs> you might have, yeah, you might, <laughs> you might have been able to let All out some demons on stage. <laughs> curse word energy. Say fuck. Lead the pills at home and curse bitches out. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> These women would have been so much happier if you just cursed them out instead of did anything the fuck else. That's right. That must have felt like such a vindication for, Ain't no for girl Eddie mad Murphy. At Eddie for him calling her a bitch. Mm-mm. Stop touching me, creep. <laughs> That's the end of it. Leave me alone, nigga. <laughs> no girl is like twenty years later. I still think about it. He called me a bitch. Nobody. I can't. I can't even believe that. That's what happened. That thing. Cosby. Yeah. Uh, but that, but it, it is a glaring omission that he wouldn't have been in this movie that ha- showcased all of these other comedians right. at that time. And at, at the exact same time that, uh, that they made this film, Harlem Nights, I think Pryor and uh, Fox were asking uh, Bill to do like a cameo, and he's like not interested. But he was doing Ghost Dad at the exact same time. So they had a charity uh, uh, baseball softball event where the uh, Harlem Knights team played against the Ghost Dad team. And Harlem there's Knights like an image. I showed you guys the image beforehand yeah. uh, of all of these uh, comedians all standing there wearing uh, softball uniforms. And I was like, why is there a picture of Bill in here? Because I was like, why is Bill with Red and uh, Pryor and uh, Cosby? I yeah. mean, and um, Eddie. And it's because of that uh, charity softball game. So. That's great. I didn't know that they they reached out to him to be – or have like a cameo in it because I know he was he was openly very critical uh, towards Eddie for years. Yeah, but like showbiz dirty... is showbiz, money's money, and it's it would have been more than thing. being with Eddie. It would be like if you were um, 
a black entertainer at the, in this moment in time. Like, oh, why would you not? Of course, I'd want to be in a movie with yeah. everyone else. Hell yeah. You know? And that's the bullshit thing, because he's in the picture, he's gripping. Bill Cosby is gripping Richard Pryor's arm. Yeah. Richard Pryor is a squeaky clean comedian. The <laughs> nigga that's shooting at his tires, <laughs> sniffing coke off a bitch's titties. Yeah. So you don't care about curses, man. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Cosby was jealous of Eddie Murphy's fame because as, as respected, and I think Richard Pryor to me is actually more funny stand-up wise. I don't think there's a funnier person ever. Yeah, he's a beast. Than him, and he's funnier than Eddie to me. But I feel like Eddie Murphy's cr- over the top success because Richard Pryor was famous and wealthy, but he wasn't the number one yeah, star yeah. on the planet yeah. like Eddie Murphy was. There was a moment where he was one, of the, maybe the highest paid black actor. Uh, Eddie Richard Pryor. Oh, really? I think Pryor, um, he just had more drug problems. Right. And he made a ton of bad movies. He didn't. I I forget that he made a lot of movies in general. He made a lot of movies, and they were all paychecks. It's true. So, like. Boosters Millions. (laughs) So, that was a problem. Like, uh, Pryor's stand up is amazing. And then everyone would run out to see his next movie, and it'd be. Terrible. I. Mm. It wouldn't be. You know, super superstar. But I think him doing that paved the way for Eddie to get better roles for himself in general. Yeah, and you can see Richard Pryor's roles got slightly better as when he got Time. when they got out of the seventies. Yeah, more stuff was available for him, and I think sure that was probably race related. And it's as far as like what roles are available, like what options do you have as an actor, Fucking especially a black about actor. Being then famous in those times. Yeah, Jesus. and now it's like even you know that much bigger. Hell yeah. Um, the crazy thing about this is I I thought the performance was, uh, like, Richard Pryor seemed subdued or, like, super low-key the entire movie. Yeah. And I was reading about it, and he, he got the diagnosis for, for MS right before they started filming. So you mm. could tell that he was, like, distracted. Once I read that, I was like, you can tell that that he dude's got some other shit on his mind. Yeah. Like, completely. And it wasn't good. Because he was, like, <laughs> quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, he was delivering his lines in, like, just a very uh, low-key, subdued manner, like, he just looked, yeah, not there. But then he also did, you can see that that is a uh, more weathered Rich. Oh, yeah. He, you know what I mean? He I mean, definitely he, looks. That dude lived hard. Yeah. You know, for a long time. And he's uh, 48, I think, in this movie. Yeah. In he real life. 48? Yeah. He looks, or maybe 49, but he looks like. He looked Red you Fox's see why I thought age. everybody was 63? You, th- you see why I thought everybody was older? Yeah. He was 48? Yeah. That's crazy. Rough. I didn't realize that. Rough. Dude, uh, freebasing cocaine, letting and yourself fire. on fire, <laughs> being an alcoholic. It's like none of these things will. No. <laughs> they take your black don't crack card. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just looked weathered. Damn. It's funny because he th- they also, like his relationship, they thought they would get along really well. They didn't get along. Him and Eddie Murphy didn't get along a ton because Richard said that he goes, I thought Eddie's comedy was kind of mean, so I'd always tried to say, be nicer. And it would piss Eddie off. He's like, I didn't even know by the end of filming whether Eddie liked me or not. What the fuck? Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's let's actually uh, let's talk about this movie a little bit. Uh, what uh, what do you like? What are some favorite scenes you have? Eddie Murphy and Delores fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she knocked that fuck out, bro. <laughs> she beat the shit out. She was yeah. she got hit. She was like, "That's it, bitch," and just worked him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. How could that not be your favorite? That was a great scene. And honestly, to me, she was the best part of this movie. Because yeah. every scene she was in, that's where I she laughed. Killed. killed it. Every time she said something, I didn't laugh at all for the, like, <laughs> most of this movie, except when she was on. 
So uh, she was fucking. Hilarious. I got this scene. Della Reese fighting quick. All right. I was like, uh, my first thought was like, could you make this scene today? Because it is. Uh, there's like, it's like a man hitting a woman right I, off the bat. I think you could, because I, uh, you know, especially now, like more and more as time passes, people. It seems like people are starting to get tired of this fucking of the the lies that nothing bad ever happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all bad things is only done by straight white men. <laughs> For some reason, if you suck dick, you can't hate black people. I, I don't know where they got these ideas. There's shitty people in every flavor. <laughs> so sure second, we can just admit it. Let's put that shit on TV. Yeah. I think you could do it, but it would have to be funny. That's I it. mean, that's the rule, right? Like if as, if it's not funny and you do it, then you'll offend people. But if it's funny, Especially you can get away with anything. Scene, she still comes. The woman comes out victorious. She, he she beat the shit out of him. Out. Then yeah. I gotta say though, the meanest part of this scene is when he shoots her in her foot and blows <laughs> her toe off. <laughs> that's fucking funny. Whereas you saw, you said that's funny, and I did think the whole fight was funny, but I thought it ended on such a mean note. <laughs> but I laughed <laughs> because yeah because. <laughs> What, the reason I thought it was so mean was that uh, that I was like, oh, but she, in my head, I was like, she's like his mom. Like, she <laughs> takes care of him. It's like shooting your mom in the toe. And, uh, but, you know, because she's in the rest of the movie. Like, they got to hang out and deal with each other for the rest of the film. You know? It teaches you conflict resolution. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that scene when he had to apologize to her, you know? And she was like, you I love that boy. She was making tuna sandwich. Uh, one of my, my, my favorite scene, it wasn't even a scene. But it was just like a, a an exchange, like a dialogue between two characters, mm-hmm. was uh, when the the champ, the guy that kind of I guess was supposed to be Joe Lewisish, mm. um, was talking to Richard Pryor the first time, and it just cuts to Richard Pryor's reactions talking to him. If you look at Richard Pryor's face, he's trying his best not to laugh because he had to do that <laughs> stutter, and it's amazing if you watch him. Because oh, I, I kept rewinding that specific part to watch Richard Pryor's reactions. It was oh, ama- it was awesome. That was like the only time I think I saw joy on his face during the film. During, during the film. Another goal is the shootout. With uh, Arsenio? Yeah, yeah I, like I love that, that shootout. It was just dumb. <laughs> yeah. This is one little idiot with his tiny gun. These ones trying to get the hammers out. It was just, it made no sense. It was the worst, it most was, goofy gangsters in the world. Yeah. It's gangsters that got a good heart, but they can't aim. They don't really want to be in it. Man, I got to say, Arsenio Hall was my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> was he really? I got and the reason I'm saying that is that uh, you had Della Reese in this, mm-hmm. who is a who is a a, a brilliant uh, singer Gospel performer, singer. and like we didn't have we didn't use her talent in this. Like you never see her sing. You had uh, Red Fox, who's like an amazing lounge act, and in this movie they had him playing like an old dude who was kind of at the end of his career, as opposed to being a salty lounge act. Like he could have been a performer in the club, and then. And uh, Pryor is, like, <laughs> preoccupied with his multiple sclerosis <laughs> diagnosis. So he's, like, real subdued. And then Arsenio feels like the guy who's thirsty <laughs> to do all the... He's like, I'm going to act the fuck out of this. He's trying to, <laughs> he is he had to in show the car, up. yelling, screaming, crying, fake crying. He's, like, giving you 110%. Uh, and, and he's like, I'm in a comedy. I'm going to act like I'm in a comedy. Right. Oh, yeah. But see, that's the thing about this movie that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> also, I think the reason they didn't do that is because those guys didn't want to be typecast in the same roles they've been playing their whole lives, probably. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, it was seemed mismanaged because when you pull this movie up on Google to find it, it says drama slash historical period drama. Oh, and shit. I was like, what? 
shit. So I was a little surprised. I was like, that's obviously a typo. And then when you watch the movie, the problem with me is like it, it didn't fucking pick a lane. Because you can't see these three dudes on screen mm-hmm. and not want to laugh. And if you're trying it, they're trying their hardest to not be funny in certain parts. That with the exception so of Red Fox. Wow. So it's like for me, it's like you're like suppressing everyone's natural ability. So like it's hard to put those three people on screen four fought six people on screen six comedians that are all incredibly talented yeah. the only one that was meant to be funny at times was red fox and robin harris kind of for his small role but like you're like it just didn't make sense like That's it sh- true. Good point. like he, you want to laugh so everyone's kind of confused the entire time i'm watching this movie i'm like why the fuck am i not laughed yet? <laughs> or here's a scene Cadella that back there's what, a scene happening? that i found uh that like where eddie felt mean to me as well and and that is when he's in bed with Jasmine Guy in their non-romantic oh, uh, right, right. hookup. Because like, there's no like chemistry, but they're like, now we're going to fuck. And then they fuck. And then he uh, pulls out a gun and shoots her. Yep. But you don't even see. It, it's played so. She's trying to set me up. <laughs> so she's going to get me, bitch? She found the gun. So she's going to get me? Yeah. It feels so low-key, though, because the next scene, Eddie's like, yeah, I killed her. I shot her. And it was like, I was like, this guy is a sociopath. <laughs> and we've known Quick is a sociopath since the first scene in the movie when he shoots that gambler mm-hmm. the, the as me- a child. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was him, right? The meanest part of this the, that scene was, like, she's getting ready. He's like, what are you doing in there? That was it. <laughs> Which I think is a weird thing to say to somebody you're about to sleep with for the first time. <laughs> like, whatever's happening in that weird period between, you know... The act and you, know, yeah. you just let let them go ahead and do whatever they need to do. Well, it's it's obviously important. You know he's gonna shoot us, so I don't really count. He's that's a good conversation. A, you know what? That's a, that's also that's also a very good point. Just making conversation. You <laughs> in the awkward elevator together. He's like, get back out here. You know who I loved? I wish I'd seen more of was uh, Tommy McHale Ford, who Who's was that? In, he was in uh, on the TV oh, show Martin. He, he was, passed right. away recently. Oh shit! Yeah. And he plays he plays Tommy. Tommy, that's no true. <laughs> And uh, I love that dude. He was so funny in this as well. Smalls, and, right? Yeah, Tommy, yeah, yeah. Tommy Smalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. And he uh, uh, and my the funniest scene for me with Eddie when he actually was was him talking to the dead guy when Eddie walks into uh, Tommy's apartment oh, right. and Tommy's throat is slit. And oh, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, "What's yeah. up, Tommy? I'm in here. I'm coming in. I'm walking in." Uh, which you have to do, I think, if you are wa- like. Walking into a place and you don't want to be seen as breaking and entering, yeah. just continue to announce yourself as loudly as possible. And then he sees Tommy's dead body and he's like, "Oh, uh, I'm gonna let myself out now." Uh, he just, <laughs> but he has like a whole conversation with this corpse. And I was like, "There we go. Come on, Eddie, do that with living people too." <laughs> One of the funniest living people around. You have so many of them. Yes, that yes. Was... I guess that's why I didn't realize that because I I never saw it from. I just saw it as a movie. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't know the history of the people, so I didn't know who was what kind of funny yet. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that you knew what to expect from those people, that's why you had, you were able to be disappointed. <laughs> right. That's your fault for knowing stuff. Don't know nothing about it's all, the movie. I mean, that's such a good point. For me, like, now seeing it, you know, 30 years after it came out, yeah. uh, for me, I mean, growing up on these people's comedy, I, it just, it's, it's I can't. just like comic book movies. Only people who get mad at me yeah. is people that like comic books too much. Stop reading the comic book and just watch it blow up. Right. You have a good time. I mean, I mean, characters are kind of loosely based off of Bumpy Johnson and like uh, and Dutch Schultz, I think, right? Like the gangsters, and especially like the time period and yeah. the exact location. Like, uh, what's that? Chicago? No, no, no. 
Harlem. This Harlem, is uh, Harlem. Dutch Schultz. This is uh, yeah, it's called Harlem Nights. All right. right. And I said, <laughs> I said, where's this at? Chicago. <laughs> where did this movie take place? Uh, Miami. This yeah. is a Miami yeah. movie, right? It was. Uh, <laughs> oh, like, shit, and then they made the actual like dramatic version of this story, which was like Hoodlum with Lawrence Fishburne when he played Bumpy Johnson and Tim Roth oh, as Dutch Schultz. Shit. I think that uh, like the studios had to give Eddie the pass because he wrote and directed this, and they asked him like, "What? What do you think happened?" He was like, "I was too busy looking for the next party, mm. as opposed to putting in the time and effort to make this a good film." But I think the problem with it was it just didn't know what it was supposed to do. Like it was just didn't have. You're trying to. Put, yeah, put I mean, I would in. say like. Uh, the thing that was impressive for me in this movie was that a 28-year-old comedian wrote it, directed, and starred in it, and it featured an all-black cast, and it and it um, trailblazed like for Hollywood. It mm. just it created a whole new lane, and it was uh, a it, when it it was a top box office smash. The word? And it, tri- it tripled its numbers in Europe somehow. It's like global release did better. Than it did in the Whoa. states for whatever reason. But it did. But like then, I'm also gonna ding it in that I felt like the acting was slow, and the writing, because I've seen so many gangster movies, I was like, oh, the writing feels like lazy, and it felt like a misuse of amazing talent. Because mm. I was Agreed. like, dude, you got like all these heavy hitters. Let them, let them ride and yeah. do whatever it is that they want to do. Like g- giving uh, Red or Pryor just a little bit more screen time would have oh, been yeah. awesome. Um, so that was that was my uh, and then but oh and then missing from Eddie it's like yo Eddie was Eddie is so funny when he's doing when he's doing prank, pulling pranks on people and because he's like the leading man star in this mm-hmm. he wasn't like an underdog making it to the top and like he was people right mm-hmm. right like because in forty eight hours he's like a he's like a con man who's uh, who's an actually an ex con like making his way with a cop. Mm. Beverly Hills cop, he's also a fish out of water. In this, he's kind of like at the top of the... He's Michael Corleone in this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, that's not when you're funny. Mm. Or like, it's a har- it's harder to be funny when you're the boss. Especially that type of boss. When you're the cool, sexy, fly guy, <laughs> exactly. it's a little harder. It's going to be harder. Yeah. So I, I feel like like uh, uh, the Wu-Tang thing, again, it's like it, uh, the cover of this is Wu-Tang Forever, but then you listen to the track, and it's like a master killer track. <laughs> like a Capadonna with, album. With like, uh, it's a Capadonna album. <laughs> <laughs> and with like a, a pre-recorded verse of ODB in there oh, somewhere, and you're like, oh. God and Capadonna. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yo, but why are Ray Ghost and Meth credited? And yeah. it's like, oh, because they did the skit at the That's beginning. That's fucking <laughs> Oh, uh, we need to get Rebel INS uh, his, his quote here. <laughs> or it's like a Nas track where you're like, well, yo, it's Nas. But then you're like, oh, shit, he didn't put like, it, the beat is whack and he didn't put a hook on it. <laughs> but you can glimpse that there's like. <laughs> Nas talking about hieroglyphics for three minutes. <laughs> yeah. And you can hear, it's like, what is the beat? Oh, it's just the sound of pages turning yeah. in the library book. <laughs> it's actually, it's, 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 if you listen closely, it's his daughter studying. <laughs> And like, but I feel like Eddie redeemed himself. Like, if you see Dolomite, is like a contemporary version of this. Oh, I'm I need to. At that. I fucking love that movie, man. I need to see that. I oh, watched yeah. the original one first, and Good. then I watched the Dolomite. <laughs> right. The original one, I had a great time. It was just fucking hilarious. Right. Dolomite, the the other one, that shit. I, the original was hilarious, and then I like had moments I was like crying, and then it was hilarious again. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, that Dolomite movie is a great lesson for anybody doing comedy now. Like yeah. one of the most brilliant scenes for me as a performer is this idea of just recording something where you're at. Like you don't go anywhere and try to ask for approval. Like when Dolomite, he uh, he borrows money <laughs> from his aunt, and mm-hmm. then he uh, just has a house party and puts the four track out at the house party. At the house party, and he gets everybody drunk and then just records his uh, comedy album. Yeah, that is perfect, and that's yeah. kind of the model that I think we can all learn from. You know, I mean, that's why Eat, Pray, Judge is happening in my apartment right now. Is it. record it where wherever you're at. Where you at? So for you two as stand-ups, are you excited? What, what do you think about Eddie Murphy's return to stand-up? Like, are you excited? Yeah, I see that. Oh yeah, I mean, everyone's gonna watch it. I'm just curious how. No, how... I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah, I don't man. Understand the people that's like fucking no, because it's like why bro, not? Aren't you? Looking up to him. Don't you want that one day? Right. You don't want somebody to have demand for your stand-up? That's how I look at it. Like, because you're done, because you made it, like, you're all of a sudden done doing the one thing. And all real stand-ups, I feel like, always have to go back. They will always continue working. Like, the the real, like, him and, what, Seinfeld came up at the same time, and they're friends. Yeah. Seinfeld actually never fully stopped doing stand-up, ever. Like, people that actually love stand-up love doing it. I'm sure he wants to see if he could get back. I mean, he has so much he can talk about. Like he does it uh, a lot, right? You in, in just a glimpse of it, the tip of the iceberg is watching like what Charlie Murphy was doing with his stories around the era. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, when that's you watch true. on the Chappelle Show, Charlie Murphy's like, and then we played basketball with Prince, and then he made us pancakes. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I want to hear Eddie talk about, you know, every uh, every celebrity true. he met. I want to hear him. It's true, he's he's had like three wives m- minimum, and he's five. Got, he, yeah, he's and got all five. Of course. Uh, he has a, he he can talk about going Ten on tour years. as a musician. Ten. He can talk about every musician he's ever met. He can talk about being a father to all ten kids. He, dude, I'd listen to him talk for an hour on the making of the movie Life. Yeah, <laughs> fucking life. life was good actually. If he just wanted to talk about shooting shit in the green room with the Martin Lawrence, like yeah. that'd be awesome. I like Bowfinger too, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> forgot about that one. Um, yeah, that's that's true, man. That dude, that dude has more material probably than anybody at this point. He can do whatever he wanted. I mean, tra- like the the Charlie Murphy stories, kind of. I mean, as popular as Chappelle's show was, that shit put yeah. it over the like that was those were the two probably two of the funniest skits of a the show that was playing. Fuck your couch and all that. Like, it was brilliant, <laughs> and like, and that was probably, the, in my opinion, for the two years it ran, the best sketch comedy show I think I'd ever seen because it was the funniest to me. But to watch, fucking true. Yeah, and then like what. Well, and, and like people verified all those stories, the Shalimar from from the New Generation. That's what <laughs> they, they had him on like Vlad TV or some shit. And they're like, "Was that true?" And he's like, "Yeah." Yep. He's like, "He could play ball, and he he loved pancakes." He's like, "That story actually." <laughs> he's like, "That story actually happened." You know, <laughs> that man could cross you over and make you fucking pump, pump yeah. buttermilk pumpkin spice pancake. Yo. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, those are like, you can't even make that kind of, sh- those kind of stories can't be made up. Like, he's there's like, no way. He's like, we'd go over to Prince's house and, and uh, roll up blunts. He wouldn't smoke because he's a Jehovah's Witness, but he, then so he would true. put, he would put that. White Man Can't Jump on the projector and we'd watch that and then we'd go play basketball. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. And then we'd, and then we'd rent out the IHOP. <laughs> you don't need to. He probably has one on, you know, on premises. Yeah, downstairs. I don't, is I, don't, I don't think Prince is leaving his house to play ball or cook pancakes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Fuck. That purple mansion in the middle of Minnesota. A purple mansion. The chip was purple. Yeah, Paisley Park. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad we watched this because I can't believe that I'd never seen it. And I don't. I I was always wondering why it would slip under my radar like that. 
because I wanted to see it so bad, like right around the time it came out, because I was like, this is going to be the most funniest movie, because I was just starting to get into that kind of stand-up at that point, when I was like 12. Yeah, I I just, um, I think I knew, because I knew the history, and I was like, oh, Red Fox died right after this, and he was like, (laughs) in debt, with uh, the IRS was after him, and... This was the Crazy. movie I, I knew that uh, Pryor like got MS like right around this time. Right. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I if I want. <laughs> it seems dark. Yeah, and you kind of yeah. you get that when you actually see the movie. You're like, this isn't funny, man. <laughs> Shit is like kind of sad. But now I'm like very. I'm so excited that we got to see this because it. I got to check a movie off my box yeah. that I'd missed. It and still blows my mind how young they were. I thought these dudes was old. It's crazy. <laughs> how did Red Fox go? I am never touching that booger sugar. God damn. All no, of them. Oh, yeah. Don't so smoke true. it. So true. Definitely don't smoke it. <laughs> how did Red Fox go broke? Uh, he had IRS oh, he, issues. He fucking he had, fucked that money off. Did he? Because he had Sanford and Sunman. Like that show was on forever. He bought everything. He gave money away all the time. He, he was. He, he would love to trick on a chick. He mm-hmm. would buy a bitch anything. That's right. He would buy a bitch anything. And then you also, you get an entourage. You know, your people are around you all the time. Oh, each other was huge. And Did then, uh, yeah, and you want to have the party around you, all the, especially if you're, like, making up for lost time. Yeah, you are the party, right? Yeah. It, like, you you know, you had a rough, rough early part of your life. You're like, what? Let's blow it all. And then uh, when the IRS comes for you, they don't come for this year's taxes or last year's taxes. They're like, oh, by the way, you haven't paid taxes in 20 years. And you're like, cool, What? how much is that check? And they're like, $30 million. And you're like, ah! What happened to Wesley Snipes? <laughs> but I, I used it all. <laughs> didn't, I, didn't I recirculate that money into the economy? <laughs> <laughs> right? I paid it off. I didn't leave and go to China, nigga. It's here. <laughs> right, right. I paid sales tax on everything. Yeah, you know? that's true. Fuck off. <laughs> that's what happens when your boy didn't, uh, your, your boy is your money manager. Damn, Iris, greedy. Get on my ass. <laughs> so, uh, any final words about this uh, movie, Andre? Anything you want people to know about it? Shit. You recommend it? I definitely recommend it. Um, style-wise, the movie's fire. Uh, I like the movie because, I don't know, I guess I just didn't know enough. It, the, way, the way it came into my life, it was fine. Yeah, there's no wrong answers. There, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's like, hard, right? uh, you know. Definitely watch the movie. What the fuck else you gonna watch? <laughs> I gotta say, uh, I did reruns, <laughs> right? What else you gonna do? I did write down um, that uh, the the style in this is is uh, off the charts. Uh, yep. Eddie is is dressed uh, immaculately in every yeah, everybody's scene. Everybody's like committing whole on crimes, clean as hell, They're just clean <laughs> doing dirt. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The costume design in this is is she got on satin. Delores had on satin. She got knocking people teeth out. This was uh, it was actually nominated for an Oscar because of the the, the wardrobe. Oh, yeah, shit, didn't know that. So that's where they got that. But yeah, I mean stylistically, it looked it looked good. Mm-hmm. It's true. And uh, and I I did uh, there were there were mo- there were moments of humor and then <laughs> and there were there was a lot. I just liked watching uh, Eddie and Richard together. I think this is like the only time that they were ever on screen. Yep. Um, together, so that was really cool. And it reminded me of uh, Eddie's greatness, and it made me want to go back and watch um, Coming to America and 48 Hours again. i got to see the originals of those. And, oh, uh, yes. And we'll have you back on for, for either one of those, because I'd love to watch either 48 uh, Hours or that one. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, we got we got to have you back on for this. Uh, Andre Thompson. Oh, what do you have to say? Do you have any final words? On I was just going to say that like you, you have to watch it because it is these... 
legends doing doing a movie that weirdly like the, like some of the dialogue and the style are really cool to watch and you'll never see those three people arguably like three of the best stand-ups in the history of the art yeah. form you know in the, in the same place at the same time um just don't let it be your first uh eddie murphy ex- <laughs> experience and also no. man just for this 12 minutes of Della reese and red fox going at it like that's just good it's just good stuff but yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, I always think it's funny. Like, what if somebody's first experience with Eddie is like the donkey in Shrek? Norbit. <laughs> Norbit was funny though. Norbit, he, when, when he has to, when he goes into characters, man, there's really nobody better. I'm yeah. telling Bowfinger was incredible for that very reason. That's something that would have made this movie, I think, better for me. Is like I watched this and I went, "What would it be like if Eddie had not been the director? If Eddie had just been a la- been the the prime performer and he did multiple characters? Mm. I'd love to see a remake of Harlem Nights with Eddie in like with all of his powers, being like, okay, I'm gonna play like four or five different characters, he like plays... he did in Coming to America. Right. I have like Spike Lee direct this, mm. like because it would be crazy if he played Red Fox and Richard Pryor's characters. Because he could do that. He could. Uh, he's, there's nobody else that really could do that except for him. Yeah, probably. he's a master impressionist. It's true. So. That should. Wow. That would be because I don't think he wasn't doing that. Nobody was doing that back then. Multiple, Multiple characters in like the same movie. I don't think I. I don't Richard remember. Pryor. It. He. Yeah. He was started. Richard Pryor it, doing it. Yeah. He was. He's one, the I think he's three different people. This way. Uh, this way. <laughs> which way is up? Is That's the name right. of the movie, mm. and it's That's awesome. Right. And uh, yeah, but I think I feel like Eddie. Uh, he he took that. Was influenced by that. Especially when okay. he made Coming to America. That makes a lot of sense. Now they're doing a sequel to Coming to America, which I think will be yeah. interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Let's give Life Arsenio some more state air time. He's in it, right? Yeah. It's got to be. Give, give him some screen time. Semi. Yeah. Love it. Love Arsenio. Can't get enough. All right, Andre Thompson, where can people find you, man? Um, Andre D. Thompson. And okay. I, and it makes it easier to find me because uh, Google, for some reason, you type in Andre Thompson. Uh, back in the day, a couple strippers would show up. <laughs> a lot of mugshots, and the funny thing it would be mugshots of every race. There's a, a Andre Thompson that's committing crime in every color. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's a Romanian there's Andre a Romanian, Thompson. They all committing crime. <laughs> <laughs> and then you scroll two pages deep, then I show up. But if you type Andre D Thompson, then I pop up earlier or the first fucking page. I'm like, all right, that's it. Uh, hit me up on Instagrams and everything. Everything is Andre D. Thompson. Andre D. Thompson on the sure. IG. Andre D. Thompson on the FB. Twitters and all of that. So. Get get Adam, one of the funniest stand-ups uh, out here in New well, York right now. Me, Man, Absolutely. thanks for doing it. Hell yeah. Well, uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of Eat, Pray, Judge. And uh, we will be back next week with a new guest and a new film. Uh, This is Gabe Pacheco. Find me at GabePacheco.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you. Boom. You know the routine. You're the type of guy that tells us stay inside while you're steady fronting and your homeboys ride. I'm the type of guy that comes when you leave. (laughs) I'm doing your girlfriend. That's something you can't.